0: Recorded live by the funniest lesbian comedians who call Western New York home. It's Transformation Thursday. Hi, my name is Bill Satry, and because I still haven't figured out how to say no to Amy, I have re-upped as the big voice of my favorite podcast. Your hosts for this journey through Tangentville are Sarah Cannon from Honey... Oh. Honey. Hon. on Here's the pronunciation guide falls of new york well that town honeyoy. honeyoy falls new york and amy Stevens, who hails from white bear lake minnesota don't you know but now both call rochester new york not minnesota their home
1: Hello and welcome to Transformation Thursday. This is Sarah Cannon. My pronouns are she, her. My name is Amy Stevens and my pronouns are she, her. Well, hello there. Hi,
2: Sarah. It's like I just saw you last week, but maybe it was like a minute or two ago.
1: That's the magic of editing. That's the magic of
2: podcasting and editing. Yeah. You know, the dirty little secret of Transformation Thursday is that it is not recorded on Thursday. It used to be recorded on Sunday, but we are now recording on Wednesday night.
1: Wednesday night. It's must-see podcasting. Yeah. So, so who do we have on tonight there, sir? We have a wonderful guest. Her name is Becca Moore. And she's from Las Vegas, Nevada. Las Vegas. That's
2: right. Home Nobody. of queen nobody wants to hear me sing and the (laughs) vegas golden knights let's not forget let's not forget that hockey team so but becca is our second guest um she's coming on to speak about her hrt her transition experience and the procedures that she has done she's considering and one she's really like I don't think that one's for me anymore. So yeah, it's, a, it's another fascinating look at how us transgender folk approach our transition. So
1: different, different thoughts, different ways that we go about it. Right. Yeah. Lots of diversity, no matter what community you're in. Right. There's generalizations we can make. But what I really enjoy about these interviews, especially talking about procedures and surgeries and transition is everybody's got different priorities yeah and that really comes through with becca and the way she
2: approaches it and so but we will have our interview with becca moore right after bill satry the big voice of transformation thursday reminds you that what you are listening to is copyrighted material
0: This is Bill Satry, the big voice of Transformation Thursday, here to remind you that what you're listening to is copyrighted material. All rights reserved 2022. You can find Transformation Thursday online by searching for at TransThursPod on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. On Apple Podcasts, please leave us a five-star rating and a glowing review. It's free and does help get Transformation Thursday to a larger audience.
1: Welcome back to Transformation Thursday. This is Sarah Cannon. My pronouns are she/her.
2: And my name is Amy Stevens, and my pronouns are she/her as well. Oh, so nice hearing from Bill Sadri, the big voice of Transformation Thursday. Always thankful for Bill that copyrighted material. But tonight we have on um, our second guest in the special of. Transition and surgical and medical procedures. We have, um, once again, it's you've kind of noticed a theme here. A lot of the guests lately have been friends of mine, and this is another friend that I've traveled across the country to go see. Her name is Becca Moore. She lives in Las Vegas, Nevada, about a half hour north of the Strip, in the nice, friendly part of the Strip. You know where you can actually go there and leave and take some money home with you. So that's nice. Um, but. Becca is here to talk about her transition experience and some of her thought processes behind the procedures that she got. So Becca, welcome to the podcast. And why don't you drop your pronouns on us and give us a little Becca Moore.
3: Yeah, thank you. My name is Becca Moore, my pronouns are she, her, and I do live in Las Vegas.
2: Yeah, fantastic. And how did we meet?
3: We were on the same, um, Zoom call for a while.
2: That's right. During the pandemic, like early days of the pandemic. Early days
3: of the pandemic, yes. It was a ah. queer
2: Mormon focus group. Focused group. I shouldn't say focus group. It wasn't market research. <laughs> you never know, though. I mean, it could be, you know, because you know that X more queer world, you know, we just have this huge buying power in the in the marketplace so yeah so that's that's right that's where you and i met and we've become friends and you every once in a while get a weird weird random text from amy like i'm in a bad mood can i talk to you so and you're always there for me so i do absolutely and i had a fantastic time visiting you in Las Vegas last October. And fun fact, when I was there, we drove up into the mountains and we went hiking in a little, not a big hike, a little hike, but we did some hiking in a snowstorm.
3: Yeah, that was fun until we got lost.
2: Yeah, we didn't get lost. We found, you know, not all those who wander are lost, though, are they? (laughs) Everybody should see, like, Sarah's eyes like. We're in a snowstorm in, in las vegas do you have any questions sir sir about
1: I, I just all i was thinking was like just look for the bright lights people follow the literal lights there you, you can go. find your way back <laughs> like a beacon we are so, so far
2: up in the mountains we couldn't even see this drift like that's how
1: oh okay I we were you. in the mountains
2: yeah we were we were doing our best downer party and, um, and dance <laughs> you were
1: gone that long in the mountains my gosh
2: we may may have eaten somebody (laughs) I'm convinced I already I already ate what I already ate my fraternal twin that's why I think I'm trans
1: oh my gosh all I can think of when you say that now Amy is all I can hear in my head is bubopsy from my big fat Greek wedding
2: (laughs) (laughs) but we didn't come here to talk about like eating twins in utero did we no No,
1: not today you call
3: a tangent
2: (laughs) (laughs) Talking about tangents, you two talk amongst yourselves. I'll be right back. Okay. <laughs> I'm in a mood tonight. I'll
1: be right back. All right, Amy. That's fine. Well, Becca, this is my first time meeting you, so yeah, it's really yeah. nice to meet you. And uh, I'm excited to have you on as a guest. And I'm new to the podcasting world, so I wanted to ask you. Maybe are you? Have you um, talked about your transition to other people? Are you pretty open with that process? And yes, I am. What you've been going through. Yes, good. okay. I, I like to hear that. I think I myself am always a curious person, so I was like learning from others directly, but sometimes you never know how open or willing people are to share their experiences and and obviously for this for the purpose of this podcast, we're gonna you know focus in on some specific things that we want to talk about. but I'm excited just personally to keep learning about transition and what people decide for themselves and what their own personal process is. So thank you for coming on. Thank you you for having me. Thank you for asking. Of course.
2: One of the things about that too, it's like, we're talking here in this environment because we know this is a safe environment. Our audience is a safe environment. Sarah's a safe environment. I'm a safe, Becca's a safe person. to Speak to these issues about, and I think, you know, one of the things I do want to say to our Folks in the audience who are not transgender, or you shouldn't just walk up to a trans person and have this conversation with them, or a gender diverse person. This is something strictly done in this environment for educational purposes. So,
1: absolutely. And another,
2: and another preface for this is as we spoke about with Avery a couple of weeks ago, even though there are similarities in our stories, the way we approach these and the thought processes come at it from totally different angles. So, well, Becca, yeah. how did you how did you become how did you how did you come to be on this podcast? I mean, how did your transition? You know, give us like that quick two three minute like who's Becca and why are you so pretty?
3: I <laughs> don't know about I don't know about that last part. the The first part the the, the big word there is dysphoria. That's what started it all off. Mm. If you if you've had it, you know. If you don't, you probably don't understand.
2: Well, well let's let's hit on that because you know that that we really have I don't know how to describe mine. I I've really had a hard time putting that in words for people because I've been asked that. But how would you describe your gender dysphoria? Because I know you've had a pretty strong experience with that.
3: My dysphoria was with my face and I had a very, very hard time with it. I got to the point where I could not stand to look at myself in the in the mirror. And I got to the point where I took some wrapping paper and covered up my mirror so that I wouldn't see myself when I was getting ready in the morning or at night. That's how bad it was. And that's why my first surgery was facial feminization was to address that dysphoria.
1: And if you're um, Becca, if you're comfortable sharing this, uh, just coming off of that point. Well, I mean, I want (laughs) to be as a, as a, uh, you know, a cisgendered person who, has not experienced that, right. I'm coming from this from a different angle. So I was curious about what, what, if you, again, if you're willing to share, however much you're willing to share, what was the breaking point for you? What was the deciding factor? Did you, was it a moment in time or was it just this gradual, you know, increase of, I can't do this anymore. Or I guess I wondered what that, what that felt like maybe, or what was the deciding factor for you to say, this is it, this is the time for me to do it.
3: It it is more gradual. I've I've heard somebody ex- explain it this way. It's like a a dam that that cracks and eventually breaks. And when mm-hmm. and that's when you get to that breaking point and Decide yes. I've, I've got to do something.
2: Yeah, and I think that's that's a different thing. So you decided when that dam broke for you that it was going to be facial feminization surgery. Did you jump on HRT? Were you in therapy? I mean, how what what was the result of your dam breaking?
3: I, I jumped on HRT first and waited for that to that did have an effect and it 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 did help, but it didn't it didn't get me all the way there. But things things gradually improved on using HRT. And then once I once I was able to go through the whole insurance process and finding a doctor and finding a place to recover and all of that, um the the dysphoria, once I have finally had the operation, dissipated.
1: I appreciate hearing something like that because the only thing I can relate it to from from my experience, or at least from people that have talked to me about, you know, and I know this is different than just a general plastic surgery. And there's many reasons why people do certain procedures, but it really does seem to have a the physical change, right? Like i'm trying to I'm trying to formulate the question because I, I think what's interesting to me, the mental versus the physical and how they collide right? There's just this, what you want, what you see, right? And at some point you're hoping those two come together. So was that, was that instant for you when you had the surgery, this first surgery, the facial feminization, was that, did that feel like, I know you said it dissipated. Did it take time? Did it, was it a, like an instant, like, wow, that that matches. There
3: was an instance, you know, when I finally got the bandages off and was able to take a shower and do my hair that I looked in the mirror and I saw a woman for the first time. And, and I cried wow. because it was, it was, it, it was to the point it, that that's what I had been trying to address all along. And so it, it, it was a, a very cathartic moment, I guess you could say for me.
2: No, and, and I've had similar experiences with that. And so, but I also remember attending that online meeting with you shortly after the bandages came off. And I hadn't seen you in a, in a while because, you, you know, you hadn't been online in that group and I had missed for a little bit. And I remember you logging in and I'm like, oh, who's this new pretty girl? I mean, I wonder if she's single. And it's like, i like, and then all of a sudden you're like, Hey! And it's like, oh shit, that's Becca. You know, like it was. To me it was a drastic change it was it was pretty huge and i don't know did any of your friends family or anybody that use i mean i know this was during the pandemic i mean but did anybody like you associate with like like notice that dress?
3: i think my family did but they didn't talk to me about it because they weren't in favor of it
2: did that complicate the issue for you to get the surgery or was this totally your decision and i'm getting this because i want to see becca how she's supposed to- the
3: latter very much so. it was my decision. I was to the point where I I did have to do something if I had if I hadn't have done it, things would have been very bad for me I believe. So
2: find very bad or do you want
3: to I want to leave it right there it, it was it was a it was a cathartic moment for me once I finally got to that point. To your question there outside of my family there haven't been a lot of people who have seen me since. I've seen some people I know at the store. Uh, you're going walking around Costco, they didn't recognize me.
2: No, and I've, I've seen your before and afters, and I there's no way somebody could recognize you from that before and after. I, I actually am recognized from the before and after. Like, I ran into people who are like, Oh, hey, how are you doing? It's like I haven't seen you in like five years. And I'm like, So, my change has been a little bit more subtle. Yours was a lot more drastic than mine, I think. Cause you know, Mm -hmm. if you see my before and afters, it's like, yeah, it's different, but it still looks like I'm my fraternal twin, if that makes sense. Like you look like you're like third cousins, twice removed, you know, like (laughs) your change is pretty drastic. And so, but getting back to the, and I don't want to throw, you know, but for the family members that live there in Vegas or the ones that you see, they notice the change in you mentally and your approach to life they noticed how much happy you you are or is that i think
3: different? so i think so, you, you think
2: so though, is that that
3: really hasn't been confirmed then. well it's it's been overshadowed by the divorce that i'm going through and that's That's been a hard thing to go through. And that's, that's, I think, weighed me down and haven't been able to, to totally enjoy the happiness of being me, Mm -hmm. but I, I do definitely enjoy being me. And it's almost freeing to be the person that you've wanted to be your whole life.
1: Yeah, I guess. And pick and kind of piggybacking on that thought. I just wanted to ask maybe a couple, maybe a two-part question, wondering, just wondering time-wise how long your transition has been, like from when you decided that you wanted to to do something till, which I guess, you know, from then till now. And then now that you have said, it's freeing to be myself. And I'm wondering what are things you're looking forward to doing as yourself that maybe you couldn't think about doing before?
3: So the first part of your question, transgender people define their Transition by the time they've been on hormone replacement therapy. Um, Next month will be three years for me. Started in in, um, March of 2019. Okay. Yeah. Isn't that amazing? It goes by fast. I'm sorry, repeat your second question.
1: I'm just. Considering what you just said before about now that I am myself, I'm free to be myself. What are some things? I just wondered if there were a couple of things you are looking forward to doing, things you've wanted to do that maybe you couldn't do before, but now you are looking forward to doing them. If anything, could be simple, could be big, could be whatever you want to share. I'm looking forward
3: to to being myself in, at work. Okay. Um, I came out of work actually. Just last September. So not, not too long ago before the pandemic, I traveled quite a bit for my job and hopefully that will come back, but I'm hoping to be able to travel now as myself and be able to go and visit clients and, and be Becca. Yeah. The only problem is that I'm going to have to learn to pack all over again because I've, I'm much more high maintenance than I used to. <laughs> be.
1: Yeah. Probably, probably more to pack. Yeah.
3: You've seen Just a little pack.
2: bit. You've seen me pack. I can get my muted. No, I can hear you. Oh, okay. Well, I'm not getting any audio.
3: You're very faint.
1: Hold on a second. Hold on. Technical difficulties. Well, I guess now let me ask. Well, here we go. Ah, look at that. Now I can hear you. I don't know what happened. Something changed in my
2: audio settings. And huh? you are definitely back now. Yeah, that's really odd. No, I was I was going to say something about packing. And yeah, you've seen me pack. So if you
1: need any tips, just give me a holler. Thank you. Yeah. So, so uh, Amy, you're throwing me off today. What am I going to do? I don't know what I'm doing. <laughs> <laughs> In regards to packing, I'm curious now, Becca, are you like a shoe makeup kind of woman? Like, do you have lots of variety? <laughs> do we, what it like? Yeah. Yeah. I'm getting the big con- confirmation. I haven't that.
3: even started with the shoes yet. I just bought a pair today. So. Okay. Could All right. Be an issue. No, I, I do. I, I have a skincare routine, so I have a lot of skincare stuff. Okay. And then hair stuff. I have a whole I have a whole bag I take with me when I travel right now that I'm gonna have to, to pare down with all of that stuff.
2: Yeah, going through TSA becomes a little bit trickier on the PC. Yes it side.
3: does. Yes it does. <laughs> yeah. If you don't wanna check your bag, which you don't want to do that if you travel a lot
2: no you don't and i do everything i can not check so with the facial feminization do you, because that's not just one procedure it's not like you just say okay we're going to wave this wand it's it's like a cafeteria you get to pick and choose different items so what what are the little the smaller procedures within that ffs umbrella facial feminization surgery did you did you get
3: ultimately i've had three separate procedures so the first the first one was the lower Face, a lower facelift, uh, narrowing the jaw and the chin, taking the excess skin out from under the, the chin, the uh, Adam's apple shave. Yeah, the they did
2: a lot better on you for than that than me. I still got some left. I kind of look like Ann Coulter.
3: <laughs> That's not a bad way to go. No, but they yeah, they did a good job on that. So that that was that was primarily the first part. The second part was. The forehead, where they shave down the brow bone, which is which is a big gender marker, where you have well, a big brow.
2: And our brain, our brain stems have been conditioned since the beginning of time to recognize gender through the brow. Right. So a brow ridge. It, if you're going to get one thing done as a transgender person, and you are, you know, male to female, trans feminine, and you, let's say you're paying cash, and you. You only can do one thing. And I've had this question asked me, like, what's the one thing I should do? Get your brow done. Yes. That's Period. That's it.
3: Visibly the, the most effective thing you can do for facial feminization. Yep. And then at the same time, they advanced my hairline a little bit. Did and that hurt for you? No.
2: No, mine did.
3: Wasn't too bad. And then they did the nose and fat grafting of, of the cheeks and under the eyes.
2: Okay. And that was just for the bottom half, right?
3: No, that's the top half.
2: That was the top. Okay. So that, so then that's, and then you also had a revision, right? So, so that would be the third procedure, right? For just for your facial feminization surgery. So you had three different surgeries, technically just for that one umbrella term.
3: Correct. You The the revision was just, my nose was a little bit crooked. So they did my nose, but he also took a little bit more, uh, off of the, the, the size and then, uh, Put the tip up a little bit, and then um, the fat pad had slipped that he had put in here. So he they redid the fat grafting under my eyes.
1: And Becca, how long? What's the timeline on that? So if you like, as Amy's saying, like you go in for kind of like this, I don't know, buffet style surgery, right? Pick and choose what you want. But what's the timeline as far as from beginning to end and recovery in between, and how long do you have to? Like, I'm just curious about the recovery and how long that takes, sure. from beginning to end.
3: So the first surgery was in October of 2020. The second surgery was December of twenty twenty and then the third surgery was december of twenty twenty one okay, just a couple months ago all right um really, it takes the nose about a year to heal, and it's so, still
2: healing a year and a half later
3: yeah, yeah, and so uh, I did the the hair transplant that we but talked about
2: that's two, that's second procedure
3: Then second procedure that I've had. I did that in November. That's when I asked the doctor about doing revisions and he was very good. He he said, let's get you in before the end of the year, since you paid your deductible and we'll get it done.
2: And then the hair transplants. Now you're the second person that's had it, but that's not the most common transgender surgery. Why, why, what, what's what was your thought process on that one?
3: I have some thinning in the back of my head that I wanted to cover up. Plus, I had a, the scar from the forehead surgery that they had done. So I wanted to cover that up as well and kind of even up. I still had some some dents in, in the side, each side of my head by the temples that I wanted to fill in. to Bondo,
2: get Bondo wouldn't do that for you? You know. <laughs> oh, Amy. Bondo. Uh, <laughs> i grew up in the 80s and i had like a bunch of car friends that were like geeky <laughs> on fixing cars and they would always like try to cover rest spots with bondo gorilla glue how about that that would have maybe we go <laughs> that's november 2021 right for the right and now we're recording in february so that was only a few months ago right are you happy with it Has it turned out good for you
3: it takes about 18 months to see the full results of it. So, because once you transplant the hair, a lot of it dies and it's got to start regrowing a little bit later. So it's, some of that is just starting to come in. Yeah, so it'll it, be a while before I'll see the results of it.
2: And that transplanted hair is not as thick as what we learned from Avery as like the hair that's naturally there, correct? That's not my understanding. It's not, okay. So, all right, that's. Okay, so maybe a little difference in the technique then between the different surgeons, then?
3: Maybe. Okay. It's the right. same follicle, so it should be the same hair.
1: Okay, gotcha. Well, Actually, it looks great. That, it does. And I was going to add, just adding on to that, Amy, I was thinking we talked with Avery about particular surgeons or teams of surgeons that did the surgeries. If, if you're able or willing to share, did you find in the area where you live, how far did you have to commute? Did you Were you able to stay home when you had procedures or were you far away from home? Did you feel like you had a good, uh, knowledgeable surgeon, a uh, team of people that you worked with that were friendly, like queer affirming and friendly and really embraced? I mean, obviously- I would hope surgeons who are doing these types of procedures understand uh, the LGBT community and uh, particularly what it means for people to have these procedures done. But I'm just curious, as you're comparing it to people we've talked to before, what was your experience with the doctors and nurses and people that you worked with?
3: Las Vegas is is a plastic surgery capital. <laughs> However, none of them will take insurance. No. Oh, okay. So I ended up going to Salt Lake City, Utah, okay. because I had family there that I could stay with and, and recuperate. And there was a internationally recognized plastic surgeon there who had done face feminization surgery for several people, and they were very affirming. You know, they they used my name and pronouns. were very very trans friendly. Good. So it was it was a very good experience overall. I can't complain. Great
2: glad to hear that well and that's and that's i don't know i mean Salt lake city you think Salt lake city headquarters of the mormon church that's a very mormon dominated area and so what's that at, that was at university of utah hospitals right
3: no i didn't go to university of utah it was a, it was his own clinic
2: oh his own clinic okay are you okay naming them or
3: uh the surgeon uh, preston ward
2: preston ward okay Yeah. And happy with the level of care, everything. Um,
3: Yeah. Everything. They've been very good.
2: No. And I'm impressed by one thing that you said too. It's like, he knew you had met your deductible and he's like, Hey, let's get this in. And he had space on his calendar to make sure that you could maximize your health insurance dollars. I mean, that, that to me is impressive too.
3: Yeah. He was, he was very cognizant of that. and I thought it
2: very helpful. Cool, That's awesome. So that's surgery number two, but you know, but surgery number one, the FFS was actually three surgeries. So, but one procedure, three surgeries, right? Right. So, okay. But you're happy with the results. I mean, you're, you're pretty AF. So, I mean, giddy up.
3: <laughs> Give me a break.
1: Yeah, no, you are, though. I mean, it, Sarah, Sarah, objectively,
2: no. objectively.
1: Seriously, Becca, you have the best eyes, I have to say. And your smile is fantastic. Like, oh. I mean, yes. you you. Gorgeous. I'm not, I... I, let me just, can I swear on this? Can I swear on the podcast, Amy? It's our podcast. Fuck go, go. Oh my God. I don't sling shit. Do you know what I mean? Like I'm not blowing smoke up your ass. Cause I don't need to do that, but no, seriously, seriously. Mm-hmm. I, And I don't expect uh, you to believe me, Becca. That's fine. I'm just telling you what I see. Yeah.
3: Thank you. you You're welcome.
1: So you haven't.
2: So we're going to talk about a third procedure, right? But you haven't had this one done. So where where are we headed with this one, Becca? You're talking about
3: what we normally refer to as bottom
2: surgery. Yeah. Vaginoplasty, bottom surgery. So you you've you've explored this, but you we were when we were doing our pregame talk, it's something. You're holding off on, you're having second thoughts about, It means so.
3: That's not really where my dysphoria lies. And so okay. I am not convinced that it's for me yet. Okay. Um, I, I did do a consult with. Dr. Bowers, right? Marcy Bowers. Yep. And. Uh, She's in San Francisco. Uh-huh. Very, very friendly. Very good. Very good meeting, but. She's
2: trans as well.
3: She is. So, so that's, but that's not front and center for me right now. Mm-hmm. there's, there's a different surgery that I'm, that I'm working on right now.
2: Well, now looking at bottom surgery, you said, okay, my dysphoria isn't there. And so you don't know if that's a driver so that if the dysphoria is not there for you there, then you don't have that driver to get it done, lack of a better term. But you look at the surgeon and say, okay, it has a six to eight week recovery. It's a pretty hardcore surgery. Does that play into that decision too then? Or is it strictly a dysphoria decision for you? Right now, it's strictly a dysphoria
3: decision. I, you know, I may, I may decide ultimately to do it, but I'm just holding off for right now.
2: Okay. I, re- I you know what? And, and I respect that a lot. I mean, because a lot of people, you that I've talked to, you know, it's like they get this listener idea, and then it's just. Do, 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 do but you hit a spot. You're like, okay, I had the consultation, but yet you have this pause and you're giving yourself time to work through that. So I really respect that Becca. Thank you. Yeah. Now you mentioned, go ahead, Sarah. Sorry.
1: Oh no, that's okay. I was going to say, I agree. I think those, any of these procedures are big decisions. And I think like we've learned with talking with Avery, everybody has a priority list. And so to know personally for you, what's the most important is going to be different based on the individual. So I appreciate hearing the rationale behind why you might not be getting a particular procedure done because it's not a priority. I think uh, maybe the, maybe our audience, Amy, is very savvy at this, but I think for me coming in learning all this stuff has been very helpful. And it's I think it's helpful to not have any assumptions about what people might want to or not want to do.
2: Yeah, and I think that's part of the reason for this series is to have this these frank discussions with different people and you know, maybe your parent maybe your a spouse a loved one or maybe you are the trans person and you're thinking about these things and maybe this conversation gives you pause maybe this conversation helps you see things from a different angle that you didn't think about because these are big decisions and they are and they and transition has and I'm sure Becca would say the same thing, at least in my case, transition has touched every part of my life. They're negative. They're negative changes, and there. But there's been far more positive changes. Mm-hmm. And so to say, like, oh, I'm going to transition and everything's going to be just fine. <laughs> no, that's not the way this works. You don't wake up on a Tuesday and say, especially you know, Becca and I, you know, at our ages and middle age, and say, you know what? I'm just going to go blow up the family and say, fuck it. That's not the way this works. And so this this is these are deep, serious thoughts, conversations, consultations, time infested, you know, for a lot of us who are spiritual prayer, meditation, stealing that Becco, be familiar with this term wrestling with god okay. I, I really this has come up before but i really wish evangelical religious people of all stripes would understand like i am convinced and i'm and i know this for me and i'm pretty sure becca is going to echo this i know i spent hours on my knees one for god to take this away from me and two to reconcile with god when i was still a believer mm-hmm. and at some point my answer was go and live your life because i made you this way yeah i mean that and and Becca, I mean, does any of that resonate with you? It does. And I've
3: I've had my own personal confirmation that this is what I'm supposed to be doing.
2: And it's hard though, because it's hard though because we have family, we have friends, we have religious people in our life who say, Yeah, but your feelings wrong. And he, <laughs> but you just got to be able to trust yourself and move forward. God
3: doesn't make mistakes. That's the most often heard refrain that I get.
2: Yeah, well, no, God made me perfectly. way that I am.
3: That's what I say. God made me on purpose.
2: Amen. Sister Becca. Amen. (laughs) Preach it. Preach it. (laughs) Oh gosh. So you may, and I don't want to get this, get this lost, but you mentioned another surgery that you're thinking about. So what, what procedures would you put ahead of bottom surgery then?
3: Right now I'm working on, on two that I think I'll be able to do it at the same time. It will be uh, body contouring and um, breast augmentation.
2: Okay. So breast augmentation is pretty straightforward. So you're going to get bigger boobs. Now you've been on hormones for three years and where, I mean, are you, you can tell Amy to fuck off and I'm not going to answer this, but I mean, are you at an A cup? I mean, where, where are you? Probably
3: between a between a B and a C. I've got a handful. Okay,
2: that's good. So what what? Because usually when I when we spoke other trans women about breast augmentation or at least in my private conversations, they're always around an A. So what what's your thought process on breast augmentation then? They just don't look the way that I want them to. I mean, I saw them when I was down there. I mean, at least in the bathing suit, they look good to me. Thank you.
3: (laughs) I'm not as. By the way, we're platonic friends.
1: And by the way, we are platonic friends. I mean, so
3: I'm not as blessed as you are. Let's just say that
1: Amy is definitely more than a handful. Let me tell you, but I'm I'm a more ways than one. I'm, I'm a
2: <laughs> Yes, BC. thank you.
1: True. But I'm a BC,
2: too. I mean, I yeah, I mean, and what I like about my and I'll be honest with you, my boobs, like I don't know what I did lottery wise to win these things, but they are perky they're well proportioned they're round as
1: yeah i mean and they're yes i grab them here for it's flaunting them folks you can't see it but she's flaunting them
2: so yeah i mean (laughs) i mean but i really hit the lottery but at the same time so but the one thing i did think about is like trying to pull them in a little bit maybe and push them up but at the same time i'm also happy because I can wear a push-up bra, get them up, make them look really sexy, and you've all seen that look on me. But then, if I want to go to the gym and work out, I can put them in a sports bra and smush them down and go for a run or do what I need to do. So, yes. so you just don't like the overall? It's more of the shape than for you than anything. Am I yeah. hearing that right, Becca? Yeah. Would you go bigger then, or do you think you would? Maybe like go up to like a D cup or something, or do you Probably. think it would be
3: more about like shaping? Probably. In, in terms of size, they, they go by... Milliliters, like right? Cubics, cubic centimeter, I don't, the CC.
1: CCs, yeah. I think you're right.
3: Yeah. So I'm looking between 450 and 550.
2: Okay. They're, they're not the biggest, but they're not the smallest either. Right now because of your size in you know is is your health insurance through your employer still going to pick that up for you then yes okay well, that's, that's awesome. fantastic yeah and i know you have a very generous health you know health insurance program through your work so you do have a great employer so you know
3: yeah it took a while to find that out but i mean in any any surgery that you do as a trans person, it's you have to deal with insurance, and I'm constantly dealing with insurance. But um, I finally found out that my company has has its own policy, and they just use the insurance company to administrate it.
2: Well, yeah, that's what Starbucks did too. So it's yeah. it's a, a self funded policy, but then they use a third party administrator. Are you who do they use? Aetna?
3: They use they use three different ones. I'm with United Healthcare. Okay. For their trans care, they adopted the WPATH guidelines. So
2: basically, that's, that's still kind of problematic at some level for different some reasons. I, I don't just with the letters and gatekeeping around it. I don't want to get into that. But so,
3: so I didn't go. have to do letters for my for my facial surgery.
2: Oh, that's no. great. No, and I actually got in a pissing match with Starbucks over that. Not so much Starbucks, but Aetna, because they're like, oh, we well, you're following double path. And I'm like, no, you're not, because the most recent W path. And I got it right here on page 60. Something says for facial feminization, you don't need letters. They're like, yeah, but if you want surgery in two weeks, you're going to get us a fucking letter. So guess who wrote them a letter at the last minute and got it signed? Yes, I wrote my own letter. But yet. My sick my my mental health provider did sign it and he did read it, but I wrote it. I'm like, here's what I need. You're signing this. (laughs) (laughs) Taking
1: action in your own
2: hands. That's right. (laughs) He's like, he's like, that's the best letter I've ever written. I'm like, yeah, okay, great, good job. Uh, Yeah. So you mentioned body contouring. So what does that look like for you? Because I'm not. That's one I really don't know anything about.
3: Um, Blackwell suction in a BBL, if you know what a BBL is. I do not.
2: The, B, the BB League?
3: BBL is, no, it's Basketball
2: a, League of America. <laughs>
3: Brazil, actually.
2: Oh, Brazil. Uh, Braz- Brazilian butt lift. There you go. Oh, thank you for the expansion. Expansion yeah. of acronyms. Yes. So, so it's body contouring a Brazilian butt lift. So they're gonna put some implants in your booty? No, just take
3: take the fat from different parts of my body and then put it back in to my butt and hips.
1: That's awesome.
3: Yeah, I mean it's it's nice because you get the the curves that, that you want mm-hmm. as a woman that you don't necessarily have right now. I have some some from HRT, but not all. So it it makes a big difference that way.
2: Well, I mean, what are the side effects on that surgery? Because I've heard there that's actually a bigger, but I mean, (laughs) but I've actually heard there's some complications from that. Are there, is that one that has higher amount of higher level of risk to it?
3: I think they've gotten to the point where, where they've minimized the risks more or less. And this is, this is a surgeon who does them a lot.
2: Okay. Where's this surgeon located out of
3: San Francisco again.
2: San Francisco, okay. United States based, so we're not talking Thailand or you know any or like Spain or anything like that.
3: I'm not going to Tijuana, no.
2: I didn't say Tijuana. I said Spain. Tijuana's in Mexico. She's not going to end up unbotched. Don't worry. I Don't sure not <laughs>
3: Yeah,
2: but I said Spain, and she comes back with me with Tijuana. I'm like, no, no, no. I didn't say go to the donkey show. <laughs> She
1: went to get tequila.
2: Yeah. Well, fantastic. So so which one out of those two do you think you're gonna do first, or do you do them both at the same time? Same surgeon? What's the, the what's surgeon the can do them both at the same time? Okay. Oh, great. Yeah, so two birds, one stone, right? Two stones. Two stones? No, three, four stones. That's two boobies. Isn't and isn't the doctor the bird? And two cheeks. four stones. Yeah, one bird. There you go. <laughs> Whatever Didn't the metaphor
1: is, right? Winner, winner, chicken dinner. <laughs> And Becca, what's the recovery time for that? Is that a more serious recovery than the other surgeries you've had?
3: About three weeks. Yeah.
1: Okay. How long do you have, like, can you sit right afterwards or like, how does, because no, your- they,
3: they want you to just stay up, off your butt for two to three weeks.
1: Ooh. So you're going to have to stay in San Francisco and kind of be bedridden for a, a little bit. Yes. Okay. Yeah. I don't think my back could do that. I, I, I really don't because I have two better
2: rods in my back. I just, I don't think comfort wise I could do that. Oh, that would be hard. Yeah. Yeah. That would be really, really difficult for me. Hmm. Well, Becca, anything else we need to know there?
3: That's all I'm planning on right now. I, I had looked into the voice surgery that, that Avery did. Yeah. The surgeon doesn't do older people and I'm older. What's
2: Which surgeon did you look at?
3: The same one that Avery went to. In Rochester, I believe so. The voice okay. surgeon.
2: Well, she had that done here in Rochester. I don't. I don't know. I that's a surgery I've never looked into. I
3: think. I think it was. It was back there. But I looked okay. on the website, and they said that they they don't get good results with older people, so he won't do older people.
2: What's the age cutoff for that? Uh, do you remember?
3: Fifty, I think.
2: Uh, so oh I in, so if I can get him. So if I can get him before next week. There you go. Just kidding. I've, I actually have no interest in that surgery. And you know, it's know, shocking know. that 50 is now old,
1: apparently. Hello. Right. I mean, have you seen me? I'm fucking glorious. You're a fox, Amy. What am, what, what do you want me to say? I know, I know, I know. <laughs>
2: Remember, keep it. That's right. 50 is a new 40. So that's right. Well, Avery, um, I'm impressed. I mean, you definitely put in some thought to this. Um, you Her name's Becca, like? just so you know. Oh, fuck. Sorry. <laughs> I just have a notification from Avery on my phone. So that's why I saw it flash in front of my face. I- Tell Avery <laughs> hi for us. Yeah, I will. I will. I saw her last night. So, so.
3: Yeah, I was too bad about her car.
2: Yeah, that's another conversation for another time. Oh, no. So. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So maybe we should sort of go fund me there. So that's a whole nother conversation. But yeah, so Beck, I mean, you've you've put a lot of thought into this. And I know more of your backstory than what we've alluded to here. And I, I really want to applaud you for your thoughtfulness through this process for sticking to who you are as a person, as a woman who happens to be transgender. And even though you and I don't see eye to eye on religion and faith, I really respect that you've stuck to your convictions there and because it's culturally important to you, it's spiritually important to you and that's your home. I I really respect that. And you you are carving out a space. And I hope as long as that space within religion is safe for you and not harmful, that. You can continue to find that spiritual path that brings you peace as you continue on your journey.
3: I hope so too. And thank you. It's it's not been without its challenges, but so far I've been accepted so, and that's, mm. that's the biggest thing for me.
2: Yeah. But as you know, shit rolls downhill in that church. And so if it starts dumping on your head, you know, take care of yourself first. Sarah, yeah. Becca. Yeah.
1: Yeah. <laughs> Well, Becca, we have talked quite extensively about various procedures and surgeries and a zigzag road to get to be the person you are and the person you want to be. Is there any closing remarks, any words of wisdom, anything that you've learned along the way that you would like to pass on to other people who might be listening to this, thinking about these procedures? What is one golden nugget of, of information that you think you've learned that's helped you along the way here?
3: It's a marathon. It's not a sprint and you have to have patience. So anybody who's going through this, you're going to have to deal with insurance. You're going to have to deal with surgeons. You're going to have to find a place to recover. Um, it's a lot of work. So, and would you do them again? I would. Yeah. I would. It's definitely worth it for me.
1: Great. Well, thank you so much for sharing your story. And I hope this helps listeners out there to consider their own paths and what what might be worth it for them. Anything else they need? you.
2: No, thanks for coming on, Becca. Thanks for being so open with us about your thought process on these procedures. And let's hand this off to Bill Satry and we'll be right back with our final thoughts after Bill asks you for a couple bucks. Thank you
0: did you know that most social media and podcast platforms do not monetize queer content and that it takes money and time to host edit and market a podcast in an effort to not rely on advertising internet search giants, and huge social media platforms who rule the metaverse, we're taking our pitch directly to you, the listener of Transformation Thursday. In an effort to get Transformation Thursday out to those interested in transgender and queer issues, please head over to TransformationThursday.com, where you will find the podcast Patreon page. As Sarah and Amy continue to streamline operations, you will get commercial-free episodes, Patreon-only content, and bragging rights to your friends that you financially support Transformation Thursday. Patreon levels start at $1 a month. That's it? $1 a month to help get Transformation Thursday out to those interested in trans and queer issues? So direct your favorite browser to TransformationThursday.com and become a Patreon today.
2: Welcome back to transformation Thursday. My name is Amy Stevens.
1: My pronouns are Sarah Cannon. (laughs) I'm Sarah Cannon and I have pronouns as well. And they are she, her. Oh yeah. She, her here. Yeah. Uh-huh. Yeah. You threw me off, Amy. You threw me I, off. You know, I'm just all about the curveball every once
2: in a while. <laughs> That's okay. Oh, Sarah. So another fantastic interview about transition, surgery, procedures, thought process. You know, I'm going to jump in first because the last few times you've jumped in first with your final thoughts. So I'll give you the last word for one. Um, my okay. my my big thing with with Becca is, and this really stood out to me, is like her really putting the brakes on Her bottom surgery, like she invested that time, money and energy to go up to San Francisco for a consultation with probably the most famous bottom surgery surgeon in the United States, Marcy Bowers. And she's like, no, I don't have dysphoria surrounding that part of my body. So yes. why am I doing this? And right. at that point, when you've already invested money, time and all that stuff, it would be really easy for her to say, you know what? I did this. I'm going to go book the surgery and be done with it. And she's like, nope, I'm putting the brakes on it. So that that really impressed me that she has that level of thoughtfulness and awareness to be in tune with her body that way.
1: I agree. I think the self-reflection was really clear about what the most important things were, were to Becca. And one thing that stood out for me too Not just the priority of surgeries or procedures that she wanted done, but also that I think knowing where the dysphoria was coming from, like you mentioned, I think just to know specifically, like, I think it confirms to me once again, uh, maybe speaking to a savvy audience that we are, that transition, being transgender is not about genitals. Right. It's not the thing that you have to focus on. Right. I don't know. Amy. maybe you talk about it in a joke or two, but it's just really nice to know we're meeting people. I'm meeting people. We're talking to people that it's like, oh, being transgender is not about this one thing. Right. It's it's again, there's diversity, there's nuance, there's variations. And that's that's the one thing I really appreciated about her interview is that she really knew who she was, who she wanted to be, what she wanted to get out of each procedure, and that it made a difference.
2: Yeah, no, that's a great takeaway. And I, you know, and I really appreciate your thoughtfulness and your questions, and really trying to understand this. And I, you know, and I, at first when I thought about doing this this series, it was you know our general counsel emeritus Francesca Rodriguez brought this idea to me, and I'm like, no, I really want. You to be part of the series, Francesca, and you know, with her life schedule and everything else, it just didn't work out. Yeah. You know, but in retrospect, I think it's working out. I don't want to say better because I don't know because Francesca's not part of the series, but I I really enjoy your perspective as a cisgender lesbian coming into this and the thought and care that you put into these questions to like really understand the trans experience. And so your line of questioning and your thought process is really appreciated.
1: Oh, thank you. Well, I I, I hope that's what comes across because I definitely I definitely do not know what it's like to be trans but i always want to learn like wh- well <laughs> as much as i can right i want to know as well as i can know
2: and i want you know and there's a side of me that says well yeah i know what it's like to be cis and i'm like no i i really don't <laughs> because i was trans my whole life and even though right. because it's like now I look back, I'm like, oh yeah, it's like that's why I was cross dressing. That's why I had these behaviors. Right. That's why I was always hanging out with the girls, and that's why I was a little awkward, and you know. And so it's like, yeah. no, I don't understand. <laughs> <laughs> no, I do. I pretended to be cis, but it' like looking back on it, I don't really. It's like it's not like I understand it. So well, yeah. Let's, oh, it's, Wednesdays are my long day, Sarah, and it it's, is yeah a long day for me. So let's call it a night. All right. I'm glad we could uh, wrap it up. All righty. Well, we're going to hand it off to Bill Satry, who's going to put a wrap on the show for tonight. But good night, Sarah. Good night, everyone.
1: Good night, Amy. Take care, everybody.
0: Thank you for listening to another wandering yet informative episode of Transformation Thursday. The podcast is produced and edited by Amy Stevens and Sarah Cannon. Cannon. Because bitches love cannons. Thank you for listening to another wandering yet informative episode of Transformation Thursday. The podcast is produced and edited by Amy Stevens and Sarah Cannon. The general counsel of the Transformation Thursday podcast network is Francesca Rodriguez. Until we assemble again from the land of 10,000 lakes, my name is Bill Satry, the big voice of Transformation Thursday. Good night, everyone.